Do you want to help support the show? Go to multipleworldproductions.com slash sponsors to see our full list of partners, including Gamefly, Russell Stover, NordVPN, Pete's Coffee, Brookstone, Dell, and Roxio. If you'd like to support the show in a more direct way, you can go to multipleworldproductions.com slash books to see the full list of my Kindle books and read them for free with Kindle Unlimited or buy them for your Kindle library for $2.99 each. Good evening, and welcome to 30 Minute Reviews. I am Adam. We are here to talk about the beginning of this year's CinemaCon, um, which started in earnest this past weekend, uh, or this week. So, for those who don't know what CinemaCon is, and we tend to cover it every year, but, you know, as Stan Lee said, every episode is someone's first. So, CinemaCon is the big exhibition of uh, NATO. Uh, it is where the theater owners, as part of the North American theater owners, come together with the studios, and the studios come out and say, look at all the cool shit we have coming, here's all the merchandising opportunities that are going to be coming for theaters, like if they want to do promotional buckets and stuff like that. Um, and then on top of that, too, they get to show off trailers for movies, footage for movies, and, and things like that, so that way theater owners can kind of get a sense of where it is. It's kind of a stately union, but for the theatrical viewing experience. Um, and every year they show off a bunch of footage and stuff like that. Um, so this could be an interesting, you know, thing, because sometimes they release stuff for the public, sometimes, most of the time, they don't. Um, and we're going to talk about quite a few things that happened in these first two days. Now, the first two days were just Sony yesterday, well, last night was Sony, and today was Warner Brothers. Um, I think Warner Brothers is basically done now. Um, and what we got is this... You know, yeah, they're done. I looked it up. Um, and I feel like a lot of this is kind of just footage for footage's sake, and we can look through at what they showed, what they didn't. Um, let's start out with Sony, because Sony was last night. Um, of note, they confirmed that their Sony Universal Marvel characters movie, Craven the Hunter, or Craven the Hunter, I don't know which it is, I still don't know, um, will be, um, what was it, will be uh, rated R. Bloody, gory, cursy, rated R. And my thing when I heard that was, why was this the movie to start with that? Why did you start with the bloody, gory, gruesome imagery with Craven? I'm not saying Craven doesn't deserve it. I'm saying that in a world where you're willing to make this thing with the with these movies and not make them PG-13, why would Let There Be Carnage not the first? And I, I think that, like... I don't know enough about this movie. They didn't release any of the footage publicly, which is a little weird considering the movie's coming out in October, and we, st- we the public, still haven't seen any footage from it. Um, I would have liked them to have released a trailer, maybe, but it's not going to happen. Um, again, we, we still have this issue. Same issue with Venom. Same issue, you know, as, as these other things, where it's like, how does this work in a world without Spider-Man, considering Kraven is most known for Kraven's Last Hunt, um, which is a Spider-Man comic. And again, he's most known for being a Spider-Man villain. And are they building a Sinister Six that's going to lead to a confrontation with Andrew Garfield? I think it's a possibility. Um, because I don't think they're going to lead to a confrontation with, um, what's it called, with, uh, 
what's his name, uh, with, with Tom Holland. And I think the thing is, too, if we look at this, I'm surprised, I'm, I'm genuinely surprised that um, they didn't date Spider-Man 4 at their presentation yesterday, because that would have been a good, like, I'm thinking of it from the, the E3 standpoint, um, where it's like, oh, and one more thing, here's Metroid Prime 4, or oh, here's one more thing, here's God of War 2. Um, and, and I think that they, they them going in and being like, okay, so we know that the highest grossing movie of the pandemic, of the post-pandemic era was Spider-Man 3, uh, No Way Home. Here's the release date for Spider-Man 4. Um, and I realize there are things that go into this to deal with Sony and Marvel, and there's a bunch of other questions that go into it, but that would have been a good, oh, and one more thing kind of way to end off the presentation. So then there's that. Then there is the announcement of, uh, they, they're talking about Ghostbusters Afterlife 2, which is still maintaining a December release date, although I think they noted that production hasn't started yet. It's very much centered around um, the original cast, and it is uh, apparently the new cast will also be reprising. Um, I Listen, I've made it clear how I feel about Ghostbusters Afterlife. I really did not like that movie, um, specifically the ending. I think the ending really killed that movie for me. Um, I think that, you know, spending all the time with these new characters and really letting them grow and develop and then ending it off where, okay, and it's good, they they did that, and now here comes the original Ghostbusters to hand, handle um, Gozer Gozerian again, and it's like, okay... But, like, why? Why not let them grow into their own and let them, like, have them come in for support, but don't have them take over to the point where it's, like, the final shot of the movie, or, like, the money shot of the movie, is, even if you want to have them come back to handle Gozer, because the others can't handle it, it's, it's, um, Spangler's granddaughter, um, is eclipsed by a weird CGI monstrosity that is Spangler, and it's like, well, well, Why? Why was that the option you took? It just feels kind of weird. And to that end, I have zero interest in Ghostbusters Afterlife, too. I mean, like, I had minimal interest in Ghostbusters Afterlife because it's like, when we really look back, if you were not someone who was alive or cognizant when the Ghostbusters animated show was on, um, like I, like, like me, there is one good Ghostbusters movie and then two shitty ones. So, like, when this new one came out, it's like alright, like, I guess it's better than the other two, but the bar is so low, you don't have to step too high to get it. Um, and, like, it would have been very hard to be worse than the other two. And I, I'm not even moderately interested in this. And then, in a similar vein, there is Bad Boys 4, which they were shooting, and they're four weeks into production. Which, like, I don't think that's quite the money shot you want to go with for the end of this. Where it's like, oh, we're, we're in production on Bad Boys 4. Look, here's Will Smith on on set with Martin Lawrence. And it's like, look, I I get that it was like one of the top grossing movies of 2020. But 2020 was a pandemic. Like, that cut the year short. Odds are it would not have ended up the year being the, the, the you know, number two movie. Or the number one movie at the box office. Uh, it probably would have ended up being like you know, way down, especially with the number. It, it didn't put up bad numbers. I'm not saying it put up bad numbers, but I'm saying with the numbers that it ended up putting up, it probably would have ended up a little lower on the on the ranking at the end of the day. Um, which, you know, is worth noting. 
Um, I, I don't think this is necessarily the, the final note you want for this presentation. Um, oh, no, they did show some Spider-Verse footage off, which Spider-Verse, Spider-Verse does come off come out in a few weeks. I think it's the first week of June, so it's we're about a month away. Um, a little over a month away from Spider-Verse 2. And the, the footage looks fantastic, according to the reports of what people who said there were. Um, then came Warner Brothers, and Warner Brothers came out swinging. Um, last week they did their streaming presentation for the new revamped Max, where they were talking about all the cool shit they're doing there. Then came how they're going to do in theaters, and they reiterated they're not going to do uh, movies on HBO Max. They're not going to create feature-length experiences on HBO Max. They feel like that's a waste. They'd rather, if they're going to put the money in, put it on um, streaming uh, on uh, out theatrical, to which I say, I feel like that is a a problem. And it indicates to me that Warner Brothers' studio is headed in the wrong direction. Because the problem is, if you're going to make a... Like, let's say somewhere in Queens, which couldn't have been more than $20 million. Um, those kind of movies don't necessarily need a theatrical experience. Though, it, I'm not saying that they shouldn't get them. I'm not saying that we, we shouldn't have, you know, the mo- those movies go out in theaters. But what I am saying is, if it's a $20 million movie and it is a, a smaller drama, odds are people who are at home trying to decide whether or not they should go see it in a theater, we'll look at it and be like, okay, why am I going to pay... Especially if you see the Warner Brothers logo in front of it or New Line or something like that, because they know it's going to end up on, on Max. Not Maybe not 45 days later, but a lot of times those movies aren't major tentpole franchises or anything like that where it's like, okay, if I wait for this to hit Max, I'm not going to miss anything. And I feel like that's kind of the problem with this new M.O., not doing these movies on streaming. Because movies like The Fallout got a claim, which is that movie with, I think it was Jenna Ortega and, and Maddie Ziegler. Um, I never watched it, but my sister watched it. She came, she came and she's like, no, you have to watch the movie. It's really good. I still haven't. But it's that movie. It's about the aftermath of a school shooting. And it's a small budget, It's a and it's just not going to get a theatrical release because it's, it's a smaller budget. And then when we look at, like, you know, Batgirl, which was developed on a $75 million budget as a superhero movie, that's something that you can kind of see there. And I, I don't quite understand why we would do... I don't know what the budget was on, on Blue Beetle, but, I mean, unless they inflated that shit by a lot, I don't understand how that could make transition to theatrical. And I, I feel like there there is room for that. I'm not saying you had to do like Disney and put these $200 million projects on, on Disney+. Plus. But, like, things like Parallels I wouldn't have discovered if they didn't put it on Disney+. Plus. Things like Big Shot wouldn't have gotten made. Things like, what was that movie with, um, what's his name? Um, what, no, Big Shot was a show. There was a, there was a movie about some basketball player that they put on Disney+. Plus. Because, again, these movies happen, and they may not make a ton of money, but they still are worth making and telling the story. The same goes for Disney Nature which I think also has transitioned to a Disney Plus thing. Because, like, I saw Disney Nature Penguins in a theater, and I was the only one there. And not saying that that's an indictment on other people, but it's an indictment on the fact that people don't want to go to a movie theater to watch a nature documentary. 
but why not put the money in and do it anyway, especially considering the Disney nature documentaries are more designed to be more kid-friendly because they're anthropomorphizing the animals, and it is famous people voicing them. Um, so I think Ed Helms did the one that I saw, and it is a worthwhile experience. And these kind of things, transitioning to streaming, makes sense. To outright say we're not going to put movies on streaming feels short-sighted, and it feels like it's not in the best interest of what you can do to bring up new talent. And I think it goes back to looking at Warner Brothers wanting to cut costs. They wanted to cut writer programs and director programs in television, not understanding, I guess is the right word to put it, but not, not putting the right emphasis on the fact that these things are essential to help keep the industry alive. Um, and I think that having that, I'm not, this probably doesn't mean they're not going to go to like Sundance and the choir stuff. And I think that like, like they're going to go in, they're going to acquire stuff that's already made and then just be like, okay, we, we have this now, this is ours and we'll, we'll distribute it on HBO Max. But I think that having the backing of a studio helps. Like that's going to get eyes on it, but having the backing of the studio from the beginning definitely helps in terms of getting the movie made and getting it marketed. And I think that that's the concern I have, especially as we see what's getting made at Warner Brothers. I, I'm concerned about where this goes in the future, because it's a lot of Harry Potter. It's a lot of Tolkien. It's a lot of George R.R. R. Martin. It's a lot of um, DC. There's a lot of um, Conjuring. It's a lot of known entities. But the thing is, you don't get to the Conjuring without Saw, because that's what put James Wan on the map. You don't get to the Conjuring without taking a chance. You don't get to the third Game of Thrones spinoff without taking the chance on Game of Thrones in the first place. You don't get to, um, you know, re I mean, well, whatever. I, I, I mean, I would say, I was just a Harry Potter, but I don't think Harry Potter was really a risk when they acquired that back in the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, but that said, Warner Bros. did make a few announcements today, and we'll get into that. Um, first off, there was the Dune footage that showed off. Very interested in this. Uh, the Dune footage sounds really cool. Um, hang on, I have the Dune footage here. Uh, we see the, uh, the, the battle pits that they're going to have, um, Fade Rautha compete in, which is from the book. Um, we see a lot, this is a lot of, um, Paul and the Sandworm, and I'm surprised, again, no trailer for this. Um, again, I, I mean, look, we're looking at, we're, I'm comparing it to Marvel, which is the only late year trailer we have so far, which is the Marvels. I'm surprised that there isn't something for Dune. I'm surprised there isn't something for Craven. I'm surprised that, like, all the, or, like, they haven't started shooting yet on Ghostbusters, I think. And that comes out in December. Um, it's a quick turnaround, if they're hoping to get that out this year. Um, but looking at this, I'm like, this sounds great. Um... Paul learning to ride the sandworm. If they're going to take the time to get into that, I think there's a good chance this movie's going to be great. Um, there's also a new Conjuring movie called Conjuring Last Rites. That's going to be somewhat interesting, I think. I think the Conjuring movies have been pretty solid. Um, not the spin-offs, but the mainline Conjuring movies. Um, and I think that that's, you know, that could be good for them. Uh, allegedly, they were doing a. They're going to reveal the rest of the ten-year plan today, but I didn't see that anywhere. There's also the um, what's it called? There's also the uh, uh, the the return of Beetlejuice. I'm not super thrilled about that either. I don't think that's going to be very good. And then we get to the the thing that 
could be the big story. Um, and, and if you look at, like, all of that's kind of, you know, I found what I was saying. I, I saw a news story. I had the screenshot and send to someone. See, and, and, and here's my problem. I am increasingly disinterested with this Flash movie. The more I see of it, the less interested I am. Because here's the thing. Number one, I just want a Flash movie. I don't want a Batman plus the Flash movie. I don't want a Batman movie featuring the Flash. I don't want a relitigation of Man of Steel with Zod coming back and Supergirl instead of Superman. I don't want any of that. I just want a Flash movie. That's problem number one. Problem number two, I don't need to relitigate Bruce Wayne's origin as Batman. I don't. And this trailer opens with that. Number three, I'm fairly certain it's Kiersey Clemens who is doing the voiceover, but I'm not 100% certain, and if it's not her, then it's Supergirl. If it is Supergirl, and this is in the movie, where it's like, oh my god, you lost your mother, you, I can't imagine the pain you're under. If that's not Iris saying that, if that is Supergirl, I am getting up and walking out of the theater. Because I'm like, you fundamentally do not understand what is going on here. The same goes for that scene in the first trailer where the Flash is being held at gunpoint. And I'm like, there's a fundamental misunderstanding of what's happening here. Um, and then it's like, the whole thing where it's like, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. I'm like, fuck you, number one. Number two, um, they did that on the CW Flash this season. And people bitched about it. Um, they're not bitching about it now, which shows how transparent that bitching was. Number three... Um, why is the CG so bad? And I mean this across all of DC products. Why is the CG consistently so bad? And it's like, you know what, we, we, we constantly shit on Marvel for their bad CG, and I'm not saying it's not deserved. But the difference is, Marvel's putting out 20 products, uh, projects in a, in a two-year span. Like, DC's done five, and all of them look consistently worse. We shit on the CW for looking like shit. But these things look marginally better than the CW. At times, worse than the CW. Because some of the flying effects and stuff around Supergirl look better on the CW with Supergirl. And I'm like, why are we giving this a pass? Is it because fucking Ben Affleck's in it and he's in the, and, it, and it's, it's Snyder adjacent so we, don't, we can't criticize it? It, it? it looks bad. Let's call it what it is. It looks like shit. And this movie's been in development for, what, a decade at this point? How the fuck does it still look this bad? And it's not like you have to sit here and be like, well, we also have to do Quantumania. Like, Quantumania comes out, and people were shitting all over the effects and that, and it's like, well, yeah, but the, the, the visual effects are also doing She-Hulk. They're also doing Wakanda Forever. They're also doing the fucking seven movies that are coming out still. DC doesn't have that. DC has three more movies coming out this year, and then nothing on the docket going forward. Last year they had the Batman, and what else was last year? Did they have another movie? I don't even fucking remember. I don't think they did. Because the Suicide Squad was two years ago. They had Peacemaker. But besides that, the rest of the year was fucking empty. What the fuck is your CG budget going to? I don't understand it. I look at this and I'm like, this looks god-awful. Why is it not getting called out? Is it because it's, 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 it's not a woman-led project? Or what is outwardly facing a woman-led project? Like, is that what this is? I guess I, I just look at this and I'm just like, why is this okay? Like, why are we kind of just okay with this? It is atrocious that we are two months out from release and the movie looks this unfinished. Like, this looks worse than there was that terrible CGI in, in some Avengers movie that months out before it came out. 
and it eventually got fixed before the release. This is not going to get fixed before the release because later today, they're going to be showing the movie off. The effects are awful. And you know what? Maybe the movie, maybe they're trying to, like, you know, lure you in with, like, oh, look, the effects are bad, but the movie's good. They're screening the movie today. I think the funniest thing that could happen with this, and, and again, I'm not actively rooting for this movie to fail. I will never actively root for a movie to fail. I want good movies. That said, the amount of, of jerking this movie off that Warner Brothers has done over the last few months, I hope this movie comes out and, and kind of, you know, is, is poorly received. Because the it's the same thing with, like, I saw an article that was like, oh, Bo is Afraid may get an F cinema score. And I was like, that would be hilarious. Not because I want it to fail, but because I'm so tired of hearing people suck Ari Aster's dick. Not that I have anything against him, but it's just his fucking fans are the most pretentious people on the planet. It's like every annoying film student you ever met in college is an Ari Aster fan. And looking at this, it's like, I hope that this happens because Warner Brothers needs a loss. Warner Brothers needs to get back on, on the, like, you know, and, and the thing is too, it's like, maybe, if they, maybe the lesson they'll learn is that you can't just monopolize on Batman all the time. But on that note, we will wrap up there for today. So possibly this weekend, Peter and I will be doing a lengthy dissection of everything we, that came out, including what happens at the at the Disney 21st Century panel and what happens at the um, Universal and what happens at the Paramount. Um, that'll all happen later this week. We'll be doing a full breakdown this weekend, allegedly. And we will also be doing um, the Backlog Files on Thursday with an episode about um, Before We Leave. So, until then, have a great rest of your week.